nigga tripping on them hoes. I be getting money up, brothers running in and out. Whole team with me if anything gets ahead of stop. Feel baby, I just throw the plays, my niggas run around. So you can pack your bags, little baby. I only want them out. I can't trust the bitch. We can fuck with only. Alright, man, back with another episode. So let's go and kick it off. You know, first and foremost, first thing I want to say is, uh, you know, my birthday just recently passed. And I want to say thank you to everybody that reached out to me, everybody that shared a post, shared a picture, sent some love, a text message, a phone call. I really appreciate that from everybody because, you know, we live in this microwave society where people don't always, you know, take the time out to, you know what I'm saying, shout people out or to, you know, tell people they care about them and stuff. And it means a lot to me. Maybe I'm just getting old and soft, but it really meant a lot. I had a great birthday. I didn't do anything extravagant from my standards, but you know what I'm saying? I was surrounded by good folks, some good drinks, some good smoke, the things I like to do. You understand what I'm saying? So, man, another year around the sun. I say it's better than the last one. Every year is getting a little more productive. I'm coming into my own skin a little better every year. One thing you don't understand is like when you are young and you really think that you have it figured out by a certain age and it, man, look, People be trying to figure it out forever, and I'm just like everybody else. I'm trying to figure it out. So I'm getting there, you know? One of the things I'm doing while I'm figuring it out is I like to do the podcast. I do this. I haven't made any money off of it yet. It's starting to uh, reach a couple people, though. I, you know, one thing that meant a lot to me, I'll tell you, I had got it with one of my partners for my birthday. He told me he wanted to take me out for a couple of drinks and eat some food and shit. So I shoot over to the homie's house, whatever. You know what I'm saying? We go in politics for a minute, smoke something real quick, have a couple drinks. So we we hop in his whip, hop in his truck. We getting ready to go over to the little spot. And, um, you know, the digital dashboard, I look on his digital dashboard, he got his playlist up there, and the podcast is on there. I see the little thumbnail for the podcast, and, you know, that's unsolicited. That's just the homie doing what the supportive folks in your life going to do and just showing love and not even... He ain't sent me a picture of it. He ain't texting me and telling me, hey, man, I'm listening to your stuff. He just did it. You know what I'm saying? That's a lot of time. That's the whole adage of action speak louder than words. So, you know, you hear it, bro. You're going to hear it because, you know, you got it in your rotation, man. So I appreciate that, bro. I really do. And I actually shouted the homie out, put him on social media, uh, put a little picture of it. And then the homegirl came down there and showed a picture of her listening to it, too, on her dashboard in the car. So... I say that to say, man, like any little bit of, of support that I can get, you know, I know my podcast, my voice ain't going to be speaking to everybody. It's not going to be for everybody, but I got something to say and I'm going to say it. And, and the people that rock with me, you know, maybe they just download it. Maybe they listen to it. Maybe they become a fan, you know, but I'm going to do something with it. And for the people that support me unsolicited, I mean, I really appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? Another thing, at the end of the last podcast, I had shouted out some of my folks, man, which I'm going to continue to do if you've been paying attention. I've been putting a lot of, uh, you know, up-and-coming uh, artists on, putting their music on, shouting out their socials. Last episode, I had shouted out the homie Big Lando on the go. You know what I'm saying? He's doing his, his blogger thing. He's on YouTube. He's out there. You know, go check him out once again. Um, and he always reciprocates it, man. He always shows love. Uh, my boy Robert Moore, you know what I'm saying, from my hometown, he got a podcast. He got a really good pod. I shot him also, the Robert Moore podcast. Also, like I said on the last episode, he's a published author. 
you know, he's he's got a little more polish than I do when it comes to speaking and you understand what I'm saying, like articulating himself and shit. And he gave me a hell of a shout out on this new episode, man. Episode twelve, that hey, that that's a lot of love right there, and I appreciate it. But you know what? Like he said on there, I don't do it to have it reciprocated it's just because we really control stuff. It's it's power in numbers, and if it's something you like or something you don't like, you can choose what you support and what you don't. So if you don't like what rap music is with drill music and, you know, over-sexualized music by a lot of the women, you don't have to listen to it. It's always another alternative. So that being said, if you look at Cameron and Mace, they got their sports show. If you're tired of Skip Bayless just hating on LeBron all the time, you're tired of Stephen A. Smith, you know, not to hate on them or nothing, but you can get that from Cameron. You can get it, you know, from your choice of how you want to hear the message that's been given to you. And I think that people like us, people like myself, like Lando, like Robert, like my son, you know what I'm saying, that, that are trying to jump off our own platforms, we kind of going to speak to something that's more relatable. I know everybody live off of Instagram looks and likes. That's just people's highlights, man. No one posts the bad moments. Nobody, you know, a lot of these more polished uh, podcasts, that's how you might not hear a stutter or a cough or uh, you know what I'm saying? Anything like that because it's produced and it sounds good. But sometimes they speaking over our head. These guys, like one of my favorite podcasts is the Pivot Podcast. It's Ryan Clark, Channing Crowder, and Fred Taylor. They're, they're all ex-NFL players. Love what they do. One thing you got to keep in mind when you listen to a show like that, though, is these are established guys with celebrity and financial backing to get their stuff going. So it's going to seem like the shit. And they do a great job. But some of these podcasts don't do a great job, and they just live off the name. Now, people like I've been mentioning, and myself especially, I'm a regular nigga. You know what I'm saying? Regular dude, regular guy, whatever you want to call me. I'm regular. I work a nine-to-five. I hustle on the side to get what I want out of life. That don't mean that my voice ain't as important as theirs. And if I if I have a way to reach the masses, if my people support me and I got a good product, it'll still work. So, you know, you don't have to just subscribe to what's popular. You know, the people that make it is always the ones that go against the grain. And I'm not trying to go against the grain. I'm just in my own lane with it. And for that, everything I do in my life, I do it by the, you know, the beat of my own drum. And the people that support it, fuck with it, it's nothing but gratitude, man. It always has been. I'm not a real expressive person, but I will express that to you. I really support Everybody that's trying to do their thing that's got a good product, too, because I'm not just going to shout someone out because they shouted me out or, you know, say somebody shit good if it's not. I'm just being honest. Like, the people who I've mentioned on my platform, they got shit that I actually listen to. They got stuff that I like that I indulge in. I hope my podcast is something like that for you. So, you know, um, once again, I appreciate all the Love everybody reaching out. And, and something I said at the end of the podcast, I said, you know, I appreciate everything, but do me a favor and download it. You know, download my shit because I'm not just lobbying for the homies. I'm lobbying for myself. I want to be successful. You know what I'm saying? And my last podcast is my most fast streamed and downloaded podcast in 50 episodes. So, man, like my folks heard what I was asking for and y'all looked out, man. So y'all the real MVPs. In my Kevin Durant voice, y'all the real MVPs. I appreciate that, man. Words can't even express it. And I can see who supports and who don't. You know, 
us being content creators, we got a back door in the Spotify's and these Apple podcast apps and everywhere where we stream. We can see where the streams is coming from. We can see, you know, who's supporting and who's not. And that's not to say, like, that you better support me or I can tell. It's just to say, like, fake love, it's, it's not recognized, man. And, you know, I'm going to be here regardless. I'm 50 episodes deep. I've never had a guest. I've never tried to go viral by saying something crazy. I'm just doing me, man. I'm a personable dude. Most of the time I come around people, you know, I got the ability to make people laugh. I'm good company. I'm solid. So, you know, I think a nigga like me, voice need to be heard. So I'm going to keep making these these podcasts and y'all keep supporting. I'm going to do the same with you. If you got quality product, I'm copying it. Um, let me get into this episode. This episode is going to be a little bit of a story time. I, I've done a couple story times. I did, you know, the thing about me and the homie on the boat. A lot of y'all like that episode. I told a story about me and my dad riding cross country um, from Vegas to Orlando. 100% real facts. I had a couple couple episodes where I just addressed some things I've been through. I had a crazy edible story. That's one of my favorite episodes. I listened to that myself, and I don't even like the sound of my voice. But this episode, I'm going to go on and get into some shit about um, a couple years ago. I had decided to take an Ancestry DNA test, and it took me some places that I never would have imagined. So sit down for a second, man. Let me talk to you. All right, so let's get into it, man. So for this story to make sense, I'm going to have to give you a little background on myself. And before I do that, let me start this with saying... I ain't trying to diss nobody. I ain't trying to hate on no one or make no one look or feel bad. I'm just telling my truth, my whole truth and nothing but my truth from the way I see it. This from my perspective, but I ain't made nothing up. Keep that in mind. I'm just putting that out there in case somebody hear it and they ain't happy about it. I really don't care. I'm just letting it be known that I don't purposely try and like fuck with people and, and you know what I'm saying, piss them off, but it is what it is. So for my story to make sense, I'm going to start from pretty much the beginning. I'm the, I'm my mother's fifth child. I was born to her when she was 20 years old. So imagine a 20-year-old having five kids. You know, it's a daunting task. It's a lot. And I'm sure she went through a lot. But I'll say that in, in a quick way of saying that, like, we wasn't raised together. I grew up and was adopted. My oldest sister... My oldest, beautiful, fly sister, Shavi, she stayed with our maternal grandmother. And, you know, she went through her own stuff. Some people don't realize that, but, you know, she been through some stuff. My mom also had a set of twins, a boy and a girl. We'll skip past that. And then my other beautiful sister, Tay-Tay, she a year older than me. She was also adopted by, by an outside family. So we'll go there. And then there's me. I was the youngest. Like I said, I was raised up adopted, and being born the youngest, I was raised the oldest out of my set of siblings. And my siblings, you know, that I was adopted with, they're my brothers for real, still to this day. I don't never call them my foster brothers or none of that shit. Them are my real brothers, you feel me? And, you know, it, it's four of them, and I'm on good terms with all of them. You know, I don't have to get real deep into the relationships and everything like that, but I'm still I'm, I'm good with all of them, man. I ended up coming around through some circumstances when one of the twins graduated high school. They came found me in a different city, and I came around for the graduation from high school, 
And I ended up meeting my my biological mom at that time. And it was cool. I didn't grow up really resentful. I didn't really grow up mad at her or nothing like that. By that time, I might have been like 15, 16. So I had a small understanding of life and just, you know, people go through shit. And I got that. And it wasn't like that I was just like not holding her accountable or nothing, but I wasn't really tripping. When I met her, you know, she's crying, you know. So I'm, I'm, you know, pressing her wasn't going to do me no good. It was going to probably make her feel worse. And I didn't have a bad life. So I wasn't like the man to answer. Some, some of the other kids was, and that's their right to do, but that just wasn't how I was moving. So I met her when I was 15 or 16. And we didn't really like become closer to them, but I, I came around a little bit, you know, hung out with her. She seemed, you know, she was cool and everything like that. Never had no type of argument with her. I never demanded answers from her. But, you know, some of the family had told me a couple of things. They told me that my dad was some this one guy, I don't want to say his name. And they ain't know where he was. And I was I didn't have daddy issues or none of that. So I wasn't like, where's my dad? Show me my dad. They just told me in passing. I was just like, all right, this is what it is. I wasn't doing no tripping. But, you know, my mom, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. My mom, she ended up passing away. 2012, you know, I felt weird about it. I, I was living in a different state at the time. I didn't go to her funeral, and I did not go because I felt the way I just wasn't in a position to jump across the country at that time. Now, over the years, some of my uh, family had some things to say about that. They felt a way about me not showing up, but you know it is what it is. Y'all can feel how y'all feel. I never cussed that woman out. A lot of y'all did. So keep that in mind. I we never had a bad word between us. A lot of y'all did. Keep that in mind. All right? So I just, at that point, I have my own family. I have my own kids and shit. And I'm just raising my family, living my life. Beautiful woman comes into my life. We start dating. We got a lot in common. It's not one of them relationships where... You don't have nothing in common, just physical attraction or something. Like, we had a lot in common. We talk about everything. You see what I'm saying? So we just talking back and forth about shit. And me, I got a, a whole philosophy on, like, black people in America. And I think that black people in America, we struggle sometimes because we don't have a country to identify ourselves to. Like, I grew up around a lot of Puerto Ricans, the Bodiquas. You know what I'm saying? The Bodiquas always keep a Puerto Rican flag in their car. They rap for Puerto Rico. When I got older and moved to the West Coast, same thing with the Mexicans, you know what I'm saying? You see Africans, they're very much Nigerian or Ethiopian or whatever. They they relate through that. And black Americans, we don't really have that. So through conversations with, with my girlfriend, uh, we decided to take an ancestry DNA test just out of curiosity of where our lineage starts from. And... I didn't have nothing on my mind other than that. I wasn't looking for nothing. So we take the test. I've been paranoid to take it for a while because I'm like, the government is going to take my DNA and put it on the body and send me to prison for murder. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like how a lot of niggas think of shit. But we take the test. Test comes back. I'm really surprised by what I see about, like, my background, like where I come from and everything like that. And... It was just some countries on there I didn't expect to see. And it didn't have nothing to do with what I had been told. I just wasn't expecting it. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, Ancestry DNA has this thing where it actually find, like, DNA matches on there. 
re blood relatives for a better term. You know what I'm saying? So I'm looking on there and I see, I see two girls that it says close relatives. And then I see three other people like, I think it was like two guys and a girl that said possible second cousin. So I'm look, I look back at the first two girls and I'm like, well, if, if they're the highest on the list and these are second cousins, these girls are probably my cousins. And I didn't know them. I didn't, re I didn't recognize their names, their last names or nothing. And so I was like kind of intrigued by it. So I reached out. I think I reached out on the app and then maybe I reached out on social media. I'm not sure if I did on social media, but I know I reached out on the app. So I didn't hear nothing back for a minute. After after a little while, one of them had hit me back, and then she immediately was like, "Yo, you're my brother." So I'm like, "Like, how am I your brother? How am I not your cousin? What makes you so like sure I'm your brother?" And she was like, "Well, my sister's on here, and we got different moms, but you have more common DNA with us than we have with each other." So I'm like, "Dang!" So we go back and forth, talk, compare notes for a little while, and then she ended up calling me. Um, get on the phone with her. The first thing I noticed is she was very intelligent, very well-spoken, very smart, uh, articulate. And my mom's kids are the same way. So it didn't like, I mean, I'm not the most polished nigga, but I'm I'm a really smart dude. I'm very articulate. I, I'm expressive. I can speak. I'm not like a dumb nigga that can't talk. So it didn't really like raise a big flag with me, but I'm going back and forth with her. And then she like, I'm going to send you some pictures of my dad or whatever. So I'm like, all right. So <laughs> she sent me the pictures of him. And I'm like, damn, like, I, I before the story going any further, I'm going to just tell you the moment I seen the pictures of him, I was like, yeah. Like, that's him for sure. You know what I'm saying? So I'm talking to her, and her name's Denise. She's listened to a couple episodes of the podcast. She'll say she hasn't listened to them on purpose. She don't know how to turn it off because she old. She old Gemini. You know what I'm saying? But um, so she listened to a couple episodes of the podcast. Hopefully she hear this and like it. Denise also wrote a book. She's also a published author, um, just like the homie Robert that I had mentioned on the the last podcast and earlier on this one. So with that being said, let me drop a shameless plug. She has a book available on Amazon called Despite My Eyes. Her name is Denise Monique. It's a really good read. I actually bought it. I actually have it sitting on my bookshelf. I've read it twice. Um, so check her out. So anyway, I get to talking to Denise, and we go back and forth. She starts telling me about my dad. She tells me about the kids. So Denise is... Denise is the second oldest, you know, on one side. Um, got an older sister. I'm not going to say everyone's name. I don't know who's all comfortable with it. <laughs> you know, we kind of still new in this, but she's the second oldest. There's an older sister, and then there's a younger sister. Then my dad had another set of kids where two older girls, and then the youngest is a boy. Um, everyone's dope. Let me start with saying that everyone's really dope in this it's crazy. I'll get more into it. So we compare notes. And then finally, she tells me, yo, would you mind if I tell my dad about you? And I'm like, yeah, you know, you could tell him about me. And also why you had to let him know that, like, I don't need nothing. Like, I'm not popping up trying to get child support or, you know what I'm saying, or trying to ask for nothing or need to get bailed out of jail or nothing like that. You feel me? 
Like I'm a sufficient uh, nigga that can take care of myself. But yeah, tell him, you know. And honestly, if I if I was his age and I had some of my age pop up, I'm not sure how I would react. Like saying I'm, I'm their kid or whatever. But my understanding is when she first told him, he kind of, you know, he was let's say he was taken aback. I ain't gonna say he responded negatively, but he kind of. What I was told kind of like shut down a little bit and um, had to take a moment, which is understandable. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what I would have done in that situation. But the next day, she reached back out to him or he reached back out to her. And everyone decided, like, let's meet. Let's find out if this is, you know what I'm saying, what it is. So I'm at the time living in Las Vegas. They living in Cleveland and the surrounding areas for the most part. One of my sisters at the time was living in Washington, D.C., though. Um, another Gemini man. She's she's something else too. <laughs> but so I set it up. We all set it up. I go to Cleveland maybe two or three weeks later. So I go to Denise's house where she's the point of contact. She's the one I'm having the most contact with. She live in a neighborhood I'm familiar with. So it's kind of weird to me because I'm like, you know, I grew up around here. I've been around here, whatever. So I pull up to her house. Early in the morning, I caught an early flight in, man. I might have landed like 6 in the morning. I told her I'd be there like 8. I tried to go get some breakfast, whatever. Like the time was moving hella slow, so I like parked in front of her crib, sat there for a minute, and uh, finally I go knock on the door. I had seen pictures of most everyone by this point. And um, I go in the house, and I expect to be really uncomfortable because we don't, we're strangers. We don't know each other. And I walk in, and immediately I notice she got cats, which she told me she had cats. I'm not a cat person. I actually hate cats. So the cat thing, like, I seen one of them lurking, whatever. It was, like, minor, though. But as far as, like, meeting her, there was, like, an immediate warmth with her. My, one of my other sisters was there at the same time as she was. And or I can't remember. Man, look, my mind was blown at the time. She may have came a little later, but she was one of the first two people there. So I'm looking at them, like, trying not to stare at them, but I'm like looking at them in person because I've seen their pictures, but I'm like looking at them and shit. And I'm like, dang, man, like I really could be related to them. You feel me? And so I'm just talking to them, and it didn't really get technical. We just was kind of talking. Immediately I felt like close to them, like literally within minutes. So my dad, he comes over there. I meet him, <laughs> and the same thing. You know, it's kind of awkward for everyone, though. We're all kind of, like, being a little weird, but still it's, like, it seemed real natural at the same time. So what we was going to do is we was going to go take a DNA test, figure it out, you know what I'm saying? So we all chopped it for a while first, though, before we went. So <laughs> we go to take the DNA test. We was in two cars, I think. My dad, he had to go off somewhere else afterwards, and, you know, everyone was doing what they was doing. So... We get to the DNA test, and I remember my sister, I was in the car with them, and I remember them saying, like, I don't care what the test say, we keeping you. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, hey, I feel the same way, but that test about to say the right thing because I already know. I'm, I look at my dad, they like, oh, y'all walk the same, y'all do the same mannerisms. DNA is a strong motherfucker. I'll let y'all know that. So we take the test. Boom. Me, Denise, my other sister, my dad, we all go our separate ways. I go back to my hotel room. I had took a red eye, so I go back, go to sleep. 
they go on with their day. They're like, oh, let's link up a little later for breakfast. So we go link up. I forget what time. We go on St. Clair um, to some little breakfast spot they know, little hole in the wall and shit, good food. I can't remember the name where I shout them out. So we sitting there, we eating. My other sister came too, the oldest one. She came too, so we all meeting each other. But I'm telling you, there's not an awkward moment. At least for me, it's not. I can't speak for everyone else. But for me, there's not an awkward moment the whole time, which was weird to me because when I first met my mom, it was a little more awkward. This was like a little more fluid. Now, it could be because I'm already older at this time. Maybe I'm keeping my cool better. I don't know. Or it just could be a different type of connection. So we going to have lunch, go our separate ways again. They're like, oh, let's we'll get up for dinner, whatever, whatever. So I'm like, cool. So we go to some... uh like a ramen spot, like four or something like that. Like it was like in Garfield Heights or something like that. It's a suburb of Cleveland. So I go to meet them. The the funny thing I throw into the story though, I had some of the homies from Vegas. They was in Cleveland at the time. They they work and set up stages. They were setting up the NFL draft, I think. I think the NFL draft was in Cleveland that year. So they was out there setting that up. I had brought some zips with me on the plane. I had to go downtown and take them they zips. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna speak no extra into that. You know it, you know it. But so I go to meet up with them at this spot. I get there. They already inside. I, I don't think I was late, but they was early. So I go inside and I'm like, yeah, I got a group. So I look over to the left and I seen I seen Denise. So I'm like, okay, this is the group, but I'm looking at the table and it's like more people than I expected. So I'm like, who the fuck they done brought? You know what I'm saying? So end up being one of my nieces. And one of my sisters, one of my other sisters, they didn't tell me the day was coming. Also, my brother, you know, my 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 brother, he's the youngest of the bunch. So everyone's there and we're sitting there and it's the same energy. Everyone's just getting along. Now, me, man, if you know me, I'm not no tall nigga. Like, I'm not six feet tall or none of that. I'm kind of short, I guess, maybe an average height of a guy. So we sit down, we eat dinner, whatever. We plan a later, we gonna get up again, like a little get up at my other sister house. So we sitting there and then we all stand up to leave and say goodbye to each other. My brother stand up and this nigga just keep getting taller and taller and taller. Like, I don't, I don't even know this nigga gotta be like 6'10". <laughs> he ain't 6'10", but he like for real, like probably 6'5", at least. Like, I ain't even know he was that tall just sitting there. But so we all go our separate ways once more. I think I went back to the room where I might have went to the little side city to go visit with some of my folks real quick. So I go go to my other sister house and like immediately when I pull up, I'm noticing it's like hella cars there and shit. Like it was hella cars. I mean, to me, it seemed like it was hella cars. So I'm like, dang, who over there? So I get there. I go inside. It's hella kids in there. They saying hi to me. It's like. I don't even know who all was there, man. I know some nieces was there. I think one of my nephews was there. Everyone I had went to dinner with was there. We just all drinking, playing cards, having a good old time and shit. And it just was, yo, I ain't being funny. If you ever seen Antoine Fisher, like when that nigga went and seen his daddy's side and like he opened the door and they all was there. Like it was like that, except there was not an old woman in the back with pancakes banging on the table and shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it was like, it was weird. But again, man, I felt comfortable. I was like super comfortable in there. And, you know, we chilling or whatever. So 
had a good time. You know, we did our stuff and left. And then the next day, or maybe two days later, because I was there for like three or four days, we was going to have a little barbecue. So we go to my sister's house. It was a, um, it was one of the houses I had been to before. I can't even remember right now. Um, we had, we're going to have a barbecue. So we barbecue. We got the garage open, a little music. You feel me? It's like a whole bunch of people over there. Some of the nephews came around. Yeah, man, I felt at home. You know, I was chopping the met my one sister's husband. He was a cool dude. You know what I'm saying? We had went to the liquor store together and talked for a hot second. Um, met some nieces, nephews, played catch with the kids. It was weird, man. It was like a movie. You feel me? So all that shit was like unbelievable to me. And I went back home. I went back to Vegas. And I'm like, you know, that was nice or whatever. But I'm like, how, you know, how far is it really going to go? Like, we all grown. I don't... You know, I, the curiosity might have brought us this far, but I didn't know if they was really fucking with me like that. So I get back, they still calling me, they still in touch and everything, my dad included. You know, he one of the main ones. So I had another sister that I didn't see while I was out there, the one I said that lived in D.C. So she was like kind of standoffish with me and shit. So she ended up FaceTiming me, calling me. She was like, yeah. They say you my brother or something like that. I'm like, y'all don't even know this nigga. Like, that's the first thing she said to me. Oh, God, she a real Gemini. So I'm like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I end up talking to her, and I end up talking to her a lot. She end up hitting me a lot, man. She tried to act like she don't love me at first, but she loved me at first. I know it. She came out visiting me in Vegas. We went to the Grand Canyon. You know, she came out a couple times. She done came and visited me out here in Florida. So, you know, I say all that to say the most pleasant surprise. And I'm still in touch with everybody. I'm close with everybody. Not as close as, you know, as you would be when you was kids, but everyone checks on me. Everyone taps in with me. Everyone hits me up. It's not every day, but it's, you know, it's on the regular. And I've had some deep conversations with a couple of them. You know what I'm saying? And just getting to know each other and my dad for the most. You know what I'm saying? And one thing I was really relieved to see was, like, he was a good dude. He is a dude that worked. He really took care of all his kids. He would have took care of me, just didn't know I existed. So Ancestry DNA was, like, a real game changer. And to this day, man, it was, it's the best thing I've ever done. It's People that know me my whole life was so happy for me. You know what I'm saying? Some people wasn't. And they wasn't friends if you get what I'm saying, they wasn't my friends. They was something else. Some of them wasn't happy for me. But a lot of people was like, unbelievable, because they know what I came from. They know where I came from. They know how I was raised and shit. So I popped up at my age, you know what I'm saying, with six new siblings and a dad. Like a real dad that talks to me about shit and chops it with me. And like, you know, on the one episode you heard, we drove across the country together. He flew out to Vegas and took a four-day road trip with me. We stayed in random hotels and did our stuff. Like, it's unbelievable, man. I, I still can't really express how much that means to me. And I, I can't I can't understand what he must have thought of all that because, like, having a kid that you ain't know was around just pop up, I don't know how that would feel. I don't know if you feel like guilt. I don't know if you feel anger. I don't, you know, I don't know what that makes you feel, but I ain't gonna lie, that nigga got him a good one. <laughs> he got him a good new son, you know what I'm saying? Like a good nigga that ain't gonna fuck fuck with your life or do no bullshit. 
So, you know, shout out to them, man. I love y'all. Any one of y'all to listen to this, man, I love y'all so much. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate y'all for welcoming me with open arms, man. And that's it. Ancestral DNA, thank you, man. Pocket watching niggas trying to figure how I fall right. Different figures coming in, new money, get it all right. Kept the knife up in my back, I don't wanna bleed out. Cuts, cuts held fast, but them cuts getting deep now. You ain't got no 